Hello everyone, welcome to XYZ Podcast. I'm Gary. Today I have Clarissa. Um, later on, I will share a very little story about how I know Clarissa. It's a very interesting encounter. And then we actually never met each other physically. <laughs> um, but somehow um, Clarissa works. It's not just limited in architecture, but rather, you know, branching out into visual arts and also um, arts, graphics, or a, maybe some curations, I would say. And also her teaching is very interesting. So definitely later, later on, we can talk about it. And her works are not limited into one uh, principle, I would say, even though architecture is a huge thing. But um, speaking of just one principle, she she's able to um, communicate and also explore into different kind of directions. And then after that, with, you know, uh, creative hubs, then branching on other things, another layers of understanding. How, how does that uh, coincide with architecture as well? It somehow comes back again. So today I have Edwin. Uh, I believe Edwin, not um, very uh, strange talking to Clarissa as well. Before that, I believe she, uh, uh, Edwin hosts a, sharing session on Lanai with Clarissa, right? So Edwin also a student in UCSI currently doing his uh, semester five, right? I, so I'm glad that Edwin is here and some a lot of people saying that both of us looks quite similar. <laughs> and even the sound, sound sounds sounds similar as well. So hi Edwin, how are you? Hi, hi Gary. I'm, I'm good, I'm good. Great. So now, um, Clarissa. So Clarissa is a researcher and also an architectural designer based in KL. So recently, she just she she just came back to Malaysia, um, after staying for most of her life in Hong Kong, I believe, um, and so, uh, most probably a lot of people would know her from the Hubs of Hubs for Good program funded by British Council and Yayasan Saim Dhabi for the project called um, Creative Hubs. So it's, it's it was launched quite recent actually, like last year. I believe there must be a lot of challenges added in into her research, especially with COVID. So later on, we can talk about it. And uh, her sharing on R+, also very specific on that um, topic. So if anyone interested, feel free to listen to R+, podcast on Spotify as well. And Clarissa also teach in MIA, Malaysia Institute of Art. Um, teaching in uh, interior architecture. So later on, there are a lot of things, but we will try to commodify <laughs> into one theme. So without further ado, hi, welcome, Clarissa. Hello. Hi. So I, I, I just wanted to add on a little short story how we met. And because you you you, you sent me a message on the XYZ account, I think it's right yeah. after Nicholas' podcast. So you know Nicholas before, isn't it? Or you somehow know him from Concrete Matter? Actually, no. I was... I listened to your podcast, your episode with Nicholas. Mm. On, and then I reached out to him at the same time as reaching out to you. Mm. So how, 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 my... how did you mm -hmm. know like Concrete Matter and all? I mean, at that point of time, did you just came back from... Uh, did you just came to Malaysia? I think that was, I was already in Malaysia for six months mm. or something like that. Mm. When did you start XYZ podcast? That would be a better barometer. Mm, <laughs> about February, February two, last year. But it's, it, I mean, mm. Nicholas episode kind of kind of late. 
I mean later. I, I mean yeah, we we have like a few episodes ahead already by the time. But so so you know Nicholas uh podcast first, then after that Concrete Matter you join later. I I, I thought you always been Correct. joining Concrete Matter for quite a while. Nope. Right, right. That's very interesting. So you just came back. So so you came back to Malaysia after for for that six months before you know about the podcast. But what were you doing before that? You were looking for jobs or something, or you have some projects running on. Um, I came back because of the Hubs for Good project. Mm. You forgot University of Malaya. I'm also a student, so I teach, and I'm also still a student at the what was called the Cultural Center. Now it's called the Faculty of Creative Arts, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, in the Visual Studies um, department, so mm. I'm doing that right. So when I came back, it was for that project lah, because I just finished my project, my research project, in Hong Kong, um, and yeah, so but I then, thought it was like the right time. Right, but before that, you already came back. You 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 visited Malaysia, I believe, a few times. But also tracing the home is actually also one of the visit, I believe. Like before that, you decided to settle in Malaysia. Yeah, I actually come back every year at least once. At mm, least once. Mm, mm. My family's from Malaysia anyway, so yeah. It's but but not, not, not but not based in KL, right? So may, usually mm-hmm. you come back is maybe in Penang, so staying. In- but I would go to KL anyway because of the flight transfer. Mm, mm, you have mm, to, and okay. um, my cousins are here. So right. Okay, so I would like to start off with. Uh, you know, talking about your 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 personal journey, like how did you ended up in, I mean, doing and also teaching in architecture, but it's a very surprise to find out that because you studied master in architecture at Hong Kong and then, um, now you're also a student in doing a masters in art. So would you like to tell us about like why did you choose architecture and also later on you decide to further your study in, you know, master in visual art, right? Um, it's also part and parcel with the project, much like the Creative Hubs project, we had to develop a body of research um, on behalf of British Council's terminology, right, which is called the Creative Hub, uh, which is basically, simply put, it's like artist collectives and collective work within the art and cultural ecology that can transcend digital, uh, physical, as well as like transient meaning like every now and again can come back or festival kind of framework. So it's because of that project, that's so why I decided to continue the work and pursue pursue that master of visual studies, right? Mm. Which is, um, so actually I don't attend many classes. I'm not really a student. I'm mm. technically a student, but I only have one class, which is uh, visual arts research methodology. Um, but I still join my professor's classes every now and again, who is Dr. Simon Soon, mm. um, who looks at art history and uh, art and architectural history, pre-modern and modern and curatorial work, things mm. like that. So it's mostly because of the project, that's why I came back. I had the opportunity to lead and kind of mediate between all the different stakeholders. Never did that before. Usually mm. I'm just a research assistant. Mm. You did mention the study about art history and also architecture. You mentioned about modernism and postmodernism, right? Is that is Korean that in, is it is modern. it is it in Malaysia? Based in Malaysia or is still Western it's a Western architecture history? No, it's Southeast Asian pre modern art and architecture and and modern art and architecture. Mm. That's a course run by yeah, Simonson. Mm-hmm. 
this is very interesting because I found out that very little resources about it. I mean, for me, yeah. perhaps because I'm still innocent about it. I think the closest resources I can find is the one by Ang Chi talking about uh, Madeka interview. That's the only thing I can find. <laughs> but other than that, I really can't, can't find like who... Is there anyone trying to... Like Cao Jengs, he put together with all the, you know, the postmodernist, uh, you know, modern, mo- modern architects together. And then he composed into a timeline. But then in Malaysia, we rarely find it like, why don't we put like, you know, what's happened in Indonesia, Sri Lanka, or Thailand, or Singapore, they put into the timeline. It's rarely find it. Do you think so? Or you already know there is a resources, it's just that it's not found yet? Well, Charles Jenks is from the West. And mm, that mm. diagram that you're referring to is based on Western kind yep. of ideas of mapping um, the, trajectory, the trajectory of postmodernism to postmodernism. Yeah. Obviously, Southeast Asia does not follow that um, datum. Mm, <laughs> but mm. um, I don't think there is, there, there are not many courses that kind of try to interject or uh, expand on it. And um, even, my, even when Simon was discussing that this is just a general kind of mapping or how do you say, a survey course mm. of taster palette so to speak on southeast asian kind of art and architecture so um it's not it's not a course to kind of map out every single thing that has happened (laughs) against one another Mm. i don't think they follow the same i mean southeast asia thailand is a monarchy Mm. Um, (laughs) vietnam was communist and and then like there's that kind of regime happening in Myanmar that we don't even know what's happening right now and um, and then there's Malaysia that's mm. not really sure what's going on but <laughs> somehow we have a monarchy and then we also have another kind of political framework on top that is a lineage from British colonial times so yeah there's nothing really unifying other than geographical kind of like situation mm. Mm. and the borders are also made up so long story short no Charles Jenks like mm. diagram, mm. not really a full mapping, but it's just a survey, a taste mm. of palette. Mm. I think it's that one is very personal also. Uh, that's his view, looking at architecture. I mean, it's very subjective at, at some point because he tried to Art categorize and architecture. Yeah, and then he's it's not very just subjective. architecture. It's very subjective. Also, he 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 put in by his own understanding, he put in like Corbusier could be here and then he could put uh, Frank Gehry in this category and it's up to his uh, personal understanding. Um, you are right, um, art, art and architecture because he himself is an art historian, not really seeing as an architect kind of thing. Um, okay. I would like to ask Edwin, um, how well do you know Malaysian architecture? I mean, we have been talking about Bia Ingalls, you know, everything, everyone talking about Bia Ingalls, talk about, um, who else? Um... Chris French, <laughs> this this sort of people. <laughs> How well do you know Malaysian architecture? Do you know like <laughs> Kingston Lu? <laughs> Processing this. <laughs> Malaysian architecture. Um, you mean like a like like? Yeah, even in, in 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 school, did did you learn about it or have you heard about like Malaysian architecture? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We 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 did learn like about a lot of the 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 before colonialism and then after what happened after colonialism, that, that kind of history that we are taught in mm. our course. So yeah, they're, they're very focused on the main three, like, you know, like our Chinese architecture, right? And we have like the, we have Indian influence and then we have like the, the, the Malay architecture as well, you know, the way they build the stuff, very, very local mm. La, mm. and how they respond to 
um, where they are and what they have and what do they need. Mm. Yeah, that's all. They, 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 they don't like have any extra, extra bundle, like, you know, they're just like very, very grounded to their stuff. And then after that, the British came in and there's like colonialism. And a lot of things that build starts to like, uh, goes back to um, what they know, the British people, like the UK stuff. And then you, they're, like, they're bringing like few elements. Uh, like if you say, for example, the Tatar Merdeka thing, right? You can have a lot of elements that they extracted from. Uh, I, if, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, like India, right? I'm not sure. Mm. But there's Mughal architecture that they brought inside Malaysia. There's, I think I think that's where they start to, I mean, like, it slowly evolves. Then that's like where it begins, like a lot of these shop houses and all these things also. Yeah. But we don't talk about pre-Medeca or post-modernism, these sort of things. Not really, right? <laughs> not as much. La. I mean, right now, I mean, even architecture school, right, when you design stuff, so they don't talk about Malaysian culture anymore. It's like yeah. all about, <laughs> like, very modern approach. La, and then, like, um, the, uh, uh, Quite, quite many students, they lack the observation on these cultures and all these things. Yeah. I, hmm. I would like to take uh, Edwin's answer to ask Clarissa, um, because you are also teaching in MIA. Um, if no mistaken, I know you are teaching studio, right? It's a design studio, quite similar to Queenie, is it? Or you, you teach like art history and also um, theory. I teach several courses. So mm. I've taught collaborative practice or short for collab, which is like um, more exploratory research-based kind of course where we learn from other disciplines. I also teach uh, modern um, 20th century movements of design and architecture, which is like modern history. Mm. I also teach studio right now with Queenie, Queenie Wong, who's your next guest. Mm. Um, what else do I teach? I think that's it for now. Ah, <laughs> yeah. I teach critical studies. Yes. Critical so study, like, right. Which is like research methods and mm, um, mm, building up a thesis for their final year project. Mm, yeah. So these mm, courses. Mm. I mean, it's, it's also um, somehow, I think, I mean, it, it combines the do and thing. So do is like much more like design studio. You need to draw a plan, succession, design. But for thinking part, it's much more philosophical theories and research that comes into dwells together. So I think that's very interesting as well. Um, there is also one question I would like to ask, because I mean I I, I hate to you know put 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 saying that oh Clarissa is a researcher or scholar and then she don't do design kind of thing right. But it's just that I think her I think I think Clarissa's focus will be much more on research and also studies also or, or re even readings right, but. Of like like you said previously in Discord, uh, Discord also. I mean, do you do you miss design? Do you miss like go through the drawings, uh, sketch, uh, produce? Uh, I don't know interior design and stuff. Um, right now I am building an exhibition for the Seoul Ar Architecture and Urbanism Biennale. Hmm. Um, that's for double halts, my kind of biofabrication, yeah. low energy research unit. Um, so I do do a design process there. Like I am kind of concurrently working with my collaborators. We would draw on, cause we're all international. We, mm. uh, I would draw on Google Jamboard and I'll do that. So I opened Rhino once in a while. <laughs> for how long? So I do. After, after for so long. 
no lah. Once in a while, I'll, I'll open it and then like make some changes because I'm I'm more of the uh, production, how do you say, project manager role. I don't mm. really do the design, but I make sure the design gets done. <laughs> mm, mm. Uh, so yeah, it's part of it lah. I because I I noticed your 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 portfolio. I would say, and then mention like. You graduated with flying colors, um, distinctions and whatnot in in architecture. And I always thought, in order to get that, um, achievement in architecture school, or you often not just need to think, but also need to do. You have to produce nice drawings to represent your ideas. Um. So do you do you see like after you study and then you research for so for quite a while? How do you think is it still familiar with that kind of design process? Like. Because in 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 a very technical terms, we go through like schematic design, develop design development, and if you wanted to go through like construction, you have might have tender and stuff, right? So I wonder what is your view after you come back, not really come back, you know, you never quit, right? But it's just that you come from a different layers of experience, I would say. Um, I think that in our university, I was very lucky that all of my professors are either like quite. They're Asian but lived abroad and came back, or they're white, and they all have like a plethora of different kind of learning methodologies or teaching methodologies rather. So we never did the whole part A and then part B and then part C. Part A being like what、uh, the site research and then the design、mm. development and then the execution thing. Like I don't understand that. I still don't understand it. But then um, so I never did that. But then I was more asked and tasked to kind of explore the representational methods, depending on the studio. Like for example, this one that we're looking at right now, which is、mm. like my year one work, which was kind of like mapping the body and space. So I don't see. Drawing or kind of ways of dissecting through methods of drawing to be detached from this idea of research.、Mm. It's one and the same. I've、mm. never stopped drawing. Yeah,、mm. like either drawing diagrams or drawing like ways of working or project management is a form of drawing to me.、Um, so yeah, hope that answers what you are asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the whole point is not to limit yourself as in like drawing as must be plan section elevation, right? It it could be a drawing of sketch of motion tracing, tracking in this sense is very interesting as well. It could be, a, I think it's not directly as the architectural um project like this one is very obvious, right? You can see plan section elevation and stuff, and then it is somehow constructed later on, um. It is quite interesting. Would you like to tell us about this? Is this the site? I, if um, I'm not sure. Is this the same project that I saw from Queenie's project? Is a、uh, Queenie one? Is like she did at the staircase, with the steps. So is it this one the same project? We were on the same site, which is called Lao Tai Gai or Ladder Street, which is like a a ladder that cuts through the intense, um, how do you say uh neighborhood. Neighbor, not not the intense neighborhood, but like the hill side、right. of Hong Kong, because Hong Kong is incredibly steep, especially this part of Hong Kong Island. Um, so for this particular one, I don't know if you can see. I know it looks like a very simplistic elevation, and then there's a plan.、Mm. But if you look closely at my plan, I start to even map what was happening. In the previous slide, which was about mapping the body in relationship with these kind of barriers, like the、um, gate. 
right, right. that's happening right now. There are these kind of vertical strips that are overlaid onto every single kind of playground situation to quote unquote lock out the plot of land or to protect the people inside and outside. <laughs> okay. So we were mapping that in juxtaposition of the movement of the human body. And on the plan, I was mapping not only in because previously we were mapping the elevation on, on the plan, I'm mapping the movement in relationship with what I was occupying the inside of this kind of strange space mm. with the people who were outside. So, and then this particular installation was built to kind of draw those visible relationships between points of like contact, either verbal or like kind of like looking contact. Mm. Yeah, so this kind of thickened vertical stripped frame, which was on the site, actually was used as a storage space, mm. but it's left unlocked and then you can kind of go in and occupy it. Mm. So we were asked to do a 24 hour study, staying there and kind of like seeing who would kind of interact with us when we were kind of like sitting in the site. Right. And then was mapping that kind of physical boundary or relationship. So you stay, this... there. you stay there for a day? Yeah. Nice. So you sleep there mm -hmm. and then in the... Yeah, you occupy it. And then, then you can really understand what a site is. Right. <laughs> right? Like you would never know what's happening in a site if you don't stay there for over a day or even a week, actually. You go visit there constantly, mapping and seeing the relationships you draw. But then this was year one. So we were just looking at the body space and mm. visual connection. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, then, uh, the, mm -hmm. your, your students who are listening now, maybe they, they, they should consider staying at the site for a day. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll ever do that on someone who's perhaps in a higher grade, but perhaps year one might be quite interesting to see. Mm, mm. Yeah, because this was done in year one. Yeah. Uh, I I do have another question, like, because we we sort of uh, told or imagine that architecture must build something like this one is quite obvious. You build something, you you bring your ideas into construction, how to join the timbers together, right? But now what you're doing, they are much more on papers, um, right? Like research, right? I mean, of course, it's not saying that you don't build anything, but it's just that it's not as um, possess another very obvious way of physical appearance like architecture. So I wonder like for research paper, for what you what you have done, do they usually will manifest it into a thing that be the so-called built things right because i was once talking to an architect and he says it doesn't count if it, it is not built so what is your thought on this like to to i won't say inject but rather to add in, add in a new layers that architecture not necessary to be always get built i mean we talk about archigrams they are not necessarily get built but it's more of an idea or static price so when maybe in your teaching or your process or experience when you learning or studying architecture, what is your thought like? Is it necessary to get built everything to, to call it architecture? I think that we built too much in Malaysia. Yeah. <laughs> but then the idea of building is very different from this idea of what we were intending in terms of like the kind of honest like what I was showing just now, which was my year one project, it was just like an honest um, thinking through building to kind of draw relationships between the outside and inside of mm -hmm. through your body so that it's uh, a kind of documentation through building or responding to a certain kind of site constraint or site relationship right whereas building now it's a 
at least in kind of physical practice, is a manifestation of money and resources. Mm -hmm. And it's not, and it symbolizes uh, potential, potential wealth, but not necessarily symbolizing the act of housing, for example, mm. if it's like a residential project or if it's a commercial shopping mall, it's like, oh, so we can make more money out of this. Mm. So I don't think that is um, the intention of perhaps what architecture was. So I don't really do that practice. Although, of course, everyone is allowed to do whatever they want. Mm -hmm. But I think that in terms of research, um, I'm sure this idea of um, building knowledge or knowledge production that is shared and built together is also a form of building, but not necessarily its physical manifestation, but perhaps can conjoin and adjoin ideas through digital platforms like what mm. I've been doing with the Creative Hubs project. Mm. In that way, can also connect perhaps and document and archive other people's practice. And in that way, hopefully can add knowledge to the world. Mm. And, and I realize uh, most of the research papers or the study you have done, they are usually staying in a stage where analyze and documentation. They are not trying to design something. You are not saying like, after you analyze Creative Hubs and then you wanted to come out with the co-working space, that's, that's another stage, right? <laughs> but, I, but, but for you have mentioned the idea of build. Um, at what stage do you think is building? Like, do you think... Uh, where where the construction stage involved in like foundation that's called building right but, but for example like in this sense uh, in this case like living on the water it's a pavilion right it's an installation it's not really building something big or even like your year one project is also building but it's not like build building right so how how do you see the skill of understanding of building like when you mention like build too much and the definition of build is at, at what point is it like building a house is considered as build um it really depends on which context we're talking about this idea of building within this idea of architecture then obviously then to enclose space into house space if we kind of take on for example Gottfried Semper's four elements of architecture where there's mm. walls there's a roof there's a hearth and I forgot the last one. Someone let me know. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but then he kind of confines this act of building to act of gathering. Hmm. Um, and I find that to be really interesting. And I'm still playing and toying with the idea of um, collective and communal and gathering. And why not build that rather than to build just the stuff of construction? Right. I think I think it's very interesting also to define the idea of build. I think I'm not sure in MIA. I think in major, I think most because you are now teaching in interior architecture. Perhaps there is some difference there, but for architecture, Correct. we tend to like build and build and build. You try to build more and more, and then to establish this kind of understanding of building. If you don't have a foundation, you don't have roof. It's not called build kind of thing. But then in this sense, do you think because it's it's like for example this project is a very experimental one right you're not trying to build right i i don't think this is called build anymore this is of course is a building relationship but more of curation part right and this is also another project that is um this is just one right this is just one location but at the same time it's uh, exhibited in different places this in this so project. um oh thank you william for saying that the four elements of architecture are the hearth 
the roof, the enclosure, and yeah. the mound. But um, moving on from that to living on the water, that these two pictures are actually two different locations. Mm. I don't think it's a curatorial project at all because I was given the kind of like material, but not necessarily to kind of deliver, but more on exhibition design. I don't really write about it. So I had several collaborators um, within this project. Um, you can search it on the website, mm. but then they're like with Hong Kong U kind of research units. It, so it's a very interdisciplinary body of work where they were where this exhibition was exhibiting works from the the water people, which people don't like to be called that, but rather the Tanka people who are this community that are kind of nomadic and they will live on the surface of the water mm. and they'll kind of like move around the greater Bay Area, now called the greater Bay Area, but rather like the Pearl River Delta and move in between all these different um, coastal communities. In terms of building, I don't, I don't think it's useful to think of like what are the boundaries of building, but rather the fact that we can all build and build collectively. And even mm. for a moment, if it is built, then it's already enough to kind of display or to ensure that knowledge is kind of produced or shared. Or depend, for example, this exhibition is mostly about the knowledge and the mappings of mm. these communities that would live on the surface of the water and how they would like touch land and what mm. kind of activities they do. So if I kind of achieve that act of transferring this knowledge and mm. allowing for knowledge production to happen, then it's enough for me. Yeah. I think this differs from the, the, the conventional understanding of architecture is this is more like art building, not the architecture building as I see, because the, the focus is not on the bench, but rather the idea or the event. Because architecture, we tend to focus, oh, this wall is so nice, this roof is so nice, right? But in this sense, we are focusing on the event and the idea. Um, you did mention like a few of the so-called river people. I wonder, is there any terminology in Hong Kong is a very down to like Cantonese when they mention this project? As in like, do they have a very specific term? Sorry, me, Yan. Sorry, me, Yan. Ah, yeah. okay. Sorry, me, Yan. That's very interesting yeah. because I was I was trying to I mean before that I was trying to understand the the the, the Cantonese words and also Chinese words so that at some point they brings in the new meaning. Uh, it's, you you say water people is like <laughs> it's so blunt right? But then you say Sui Mian Ren is like water surface people kind of thing. So <laughs> I think it's what it's called or it's Sui Shang Ren. I don't quite remember, ah, but it's known as like the Tangka ethnic. So do you talk to those, they are not often fishermen, they live on water, right? But they were. Yeah. So so do you talk to the, 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 the existing community to be part of the, the, the study, right? So for this study, I was only in the exhibition body part of it. So I didn't really speak to those communities because the research has already been done at this stage. It was done by another sociologi sociologist, I think. So... She has the skills to do the ethnographic or anthropological work. It's not my skill set. My skill set is to kind of deliver the work that she has done so beautifully mm. and to kind of see what works better to not only attract, as you said, but then actually the reason why we use these chairs, actually I got it from like Taobao or something <laughs> from China and it was like shipped down all the way from Gongzhou all the way to, to Hong Kong. Um, but... Um, 
is actually because these uh, the domestic finishes that they would use on board their spaces of living, which are on these kind of vessels. Mm. So, um, and actually this whole exhibition is detachable. The joints that we used were these G clamps or C clamps. Yeah. And like, that's all you need. You don't need any more mm. kind of like binding. So it's almost also like the honesty of building. I'm really interested in kind of unpacking easy and kind of true construction rather than constantly packaging it with, I don't know, drywall. Yeah. <laughs> So so now do I should I say you are moving into this direction rather than building um pavilions? This is more architectural, but this is not the non-architecture, but they are still important. Um, are you experimenting this? I mean, of course now COVID is a bit tough to do that, but is that part of your plan? You wish to engage with students to do these sort of activities? I think because it goes part and parcel with using that term again, with um, interior architecture. It's more about thinking about environments and interior spaces. So hopefully we can actually do this. We were supposed to with our first um, class of collaborative practice to actually mm. actualize it and make one-to-ones within our campus because our campus was new, mm. the city campus on Jalan Ampang in KL. Um, and we haven't actually officially opened that campus. So we were supposed to align those two possibilities. But then, yeah, definitely it's part of it. Looking My forward. Interest. I think, yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see. I don't know. I think, of course, uh, architecture school, they do have a certain um, performance indicator to hit, right? And then they try to say, yes. okay, you have to come up with your plan section elevation or whatsoever. That one is uh, quite... Uh, yes. Um, traditional in a way, quote unquote. Um, but then, the, at the same time, this is can be seen as a elective. I would say is to allow the students to know more about art, about sociology, about psychology, about others, um, principle and sector as well. I think those are quite important as well. Um, before we move on to the second part, which we're gonna to talk a lot of uh, a lot of works and also. Um, I, I, I would call it a practice because Clarissa sort of started it off and then with a very constant uh, effort and time invested into various uh, activities and events. Um, I would like to ask, is there any one particular thing that you remember and then it can tell us like this is Hong Kong? Is it, is it the, the, the residential block? Is, is there or is there a certain object that reminds you that, oh, this is so Hong Kong? <laughs> Um, I guess the right to the city that I can walk from place to place and not be barred by highways. Yeah, because I, I was told by my friend that Hong Kong has this elevated high uh, uh, pedestrian street. So you have like a bridge above and then you can cross. And technically people is like walking above and then the down, the, the ground is for highways and, and, and cars, which is very different from um, Malaysia, I would say. That's only <laughs> part of Hong Kong. Mm. And... Um, Actually, even on the ground, you can walk if you want to. There are pavements. The pavements are flat, so mm. I won't fall. So that's, I guess, my... Which is very different from Malaysia, is it? <laughs> yeah, I fall all the time here. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Um, so that's pretty much about it from the first session. Edwin, would you like to add on anything? I mean, from your perspective, I think you did some research of uh, Clarissa works also. I'm not sure what is your reflection. <laughs> No, I'm all good, but I just like really agree with uh, the the I mean I mean like the things that's happening in Malaysia and Hong Kong, right? I mean like, I started you having that conversation with Carissa. And then 
yeah, I guess like the the whole like you know being barred by high everything's like really scary, especially like for me going to university <laughs> with a con uh, with like a constructing double decker highway falling falling on us, like have that have that risk. And yeah, you know that's so highway lah. Mm. The one that's north. Mm. Um, mm. <laughs> a lot of accidents happen already. It's but, so yeah, horrible. It's very horrible. And I guess like uh that's one thing about this like uh the traditional practice of architecture and all these things like very very um um in a way I, i'm not sure but uh kind of detach us from being very grounded to what we should um connect to lah, like the people and stuff mm, mm. like what you do over here right and then what we are normally doing in our school mm, mm. it's very different mm. And then and like usually you, this kind of thing you will, will, will say as the part-time or elective, right? You don't do this in architecture project. You do this yeah, outside. Do I mean, if, if we dare propose this for our design, then we are just like, what the hell is this? They would ask us to build all these things. Are. So it's like, and then like the, 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 part, the part where you mentioned is like part A, part B, part C is like already... <laughs> uh, yeah, the thing that we do la, normally, it's like very different. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's very interesting. Thanks a lot, Edwin. Um, I can def. I I I really wanted to keep on to talk about Hong Kong because, uh, I believe that's very dear, stays very dearly for Clarissa. I think Clarissa, you spend there like, most of your life there, and then, um, there is one particular project later when you talk about it, it's called tracing the home, and it's very interesting. You can see the bridge between, uh, you you stay in Hong Kong and then you revisit Malaysia once in a while, I believe, and then you also try to collect some data. Uh, later, we, later we can talk more about it. Um, the first project, Double Holes Lab, and then it's very interesting because I found out a very old post, quite not really old, but uh, a few of the earliest posts. And it says uh, it's derived from the, you know, you, you, you have done, you, you did this with your partner, right? And then both of you surname Lin. I'm not sure is this something related to Double Host. I always thought Double Host is the is the logo, and then you got it the name from the logo. But then the lean is actually before the logo. There is something something going on. Would you like to tell oh, us yeah. about this? <laughs> Holz means like wood <laughs> in Words. in German, like oh. wood, just wood, like the material of wood. And then like lean is like what two words in Chinese character. So, so that's oh. why double halt. <laughs> oh, okay, it's, okay. It's very simple, but then like, because I like German and I speak it a lot, and I have time to actually practice it. I don't like, these days, so um, yeah. So, how did you first expose to kombucha? Actually, this started with um Kevin's body of work. Right. He was actually, yeah. He was he was thinking about how to um how to kind of make use of our domestic and household wastes and also what we can find within our pantry especially mm. during um being staying at home during this time right and then he and then yeah we were we were, i think we always wanted to look at these kind of different ways of growing your own material like from right. mycelium which is like growing mushrooms all the way to like bioplastics and biostarches which is made from like corn starch and like water and other things that you can find in your household very easily right mm. and then um kombucha is just tea leaves and sugar and water mm. Mm. Uh, but but at that point do you 
do you see it as a research because research the term itself is it added in another like a like a like a pressure i would say in a way you have to carry out a certain value or data from research as i know right because i i think it started off because it's like oh in in day, everyday life and then you found oh that's interesting why don't we just document it but you never thought to make it as a research because by by means of research you might wanted to to search for external resources to find out more about kombucha um but in this case you i think you both studied kombucha on your own basis rather so it's not really depend on you know i i know a friend i think squinny's friends as well um look at the uh, guanos like bats shit right that one is do a research about it but in this case you don't really express the kind of research in your own platform but rather self-explore uh self-exploratory um and then what are the outcomes in this sense like do you because you did mention like dedicated to um, low energy materials is there any outcome that you wish to um, present like do you wanted to make like a kombucha bacteria grown bricks <laughs> or, or, or even the artwork because i saw you did some laser cut there i think that um so for this body of research we are both um, researchers so we mm. like to document and do our background data and literature reviews. So he actually did literature reviews and we did not publish our research outcomes mm, mm. because we want to save them. But um, so once that happens, we'll let everyone know. But uh, right, we also participated in um, Fab, Fabu Cafe, who is, um, I think, founded by um, Kok Yong, who teaches at Multimedia University. So that's where the laser cutting happened. So mm. we have participated in a series of workshops with them. So that was Fabio Cafe, uh, Fab Cafe KL, as well as um, Marika Makerspace. So the three of them came together to run this series of fabrication workshops, digital fabrication workshops for arts practitioners. So arts and cultural practitioners. So I participated in that, got some like uh, connections and research on on um, and practices that I can pop possibly use mm. in relationship with this material. Um, at the same time, we are building uh, an exhibition for, as I've said before, the Soul Architecture and Urbanism Biennale. So that body of work will be coming soon at the end of the year. So, so, so we'll see what happens. See how it, yeah, I mean, it's very interesting to, saw, how, to see how it works. I mean, because uh, in this Instagram page, they uh, it was shown that the behind the scene, not really the finished product, that, as you can see, like a lot of it. So that's where the interesting part because I think the product we can actually, you know, we can catch up again and then see how it works and then it will present it later on. And I I particularly like the laser cut one. It looks like the a thin layer of paper and then you laser cut it into a certain uh, patterns or form. Um, yeah, and then it looks I, like a leaf, right? I mean, it is a leaf, right? <laughs> so at this stage of our research, we're not searching for a final like. Um, solid solidified outcome like what you said just now right like can be a brick or can be a building material or whatnot but rather we're interested at um, giving agency back to the domestic space meaning that why not why can't everyone build their own materials hmm. and um, so after the Sobianale we're going to also participate in a res residency in Berlin hopefully if we can go to places in the beginning of 2022 to do like a body of 
um, communal workshops so that we can gather, so we can learn together and do knowledge production together, where we can play with this material that we can all build together and yeah. see what we can, we can make out of it, if that makes sense. So it's more like a toolkit of possibilities rather than final outcomes, because as we've seen, the failure of kind of finalized outcomes. Oh, so concrete can be the solution for everything. No, take a step back. Look at all the sand that we've been using in the world. Mm -hmm. So things like that. I think we're trying to break away from that mindset of one material or one kind of one-stop solutions can solve all kind of building, architectural or interior kind of solutions. Mm -hmm. I mean, problems. So. Um, I mean, before that, you also mentioned mushroom, and uh, I, I recently got very interested by mushroom bricks. They are very interesting. Also, it's a, it's not really biodegradable, uh, construction materials, but rather they are, um, environmental friendly. I would say because it's it's still or, or, or organic materials in a way. It's not like concrete is extremely artificial. I would say at some point, um, yeah, and 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 you did mention like your partner Kevin. Um, I believe he 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 also doing his uh research on 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 kombucha on his site uh, in Barcelona, right? So is there any difference? Like, I mean, of course the 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 plants or the um the the ingredients still comes from the same place, but does it affect like Barcelona uh, outcome is kind of different from what you what what you got in Malaysia? Actually, he's not doing kombucha in Barcelona. Mm. Actually. He's doing other kinds of thinking around this idea of ecological and sustainability build, building possibilities. So they do a lot of farming there. Mm. They do a lot of pottery there. I don't know what else they do. Okay. I, I, <laughs> they I, make I, things out of wood. Yeah. That's interesting also. I really, like, I really like the research is research on decay as well. Not really right. research on growing, but decay as another kind of layer of growth. Um, Definitely, <laughs> a lot of people which a lot of people don't see it, but mm -hmm. glad that you 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 are doing now. Um, moving on to creative hubs. Uh, I think that's pretty much the the core things that uh very important because you are not trying to propose an extreme. You are not trying to say oh which um architecture firm or which art firm or which um curatorial firm or uh laboratory. And then, but rather you are designing or you are finding out the um, system in a way. It's like Bao, right? Bao is trying to call, calling, call for everyone and then try to um, connect everyone. So, and then you did mention also it is part of the scholarship, right? You, you, you got a scholarship and then you have to come up with this um, program and also plat platform. But I wonder, is there anything like this? This is like a yellow book, right? It's like a yellow book for creative hubs. So if you wanted to know someone and then you just look up to this website, it's like Pao, right? And then you want to look for podcasts and then you come out all the podcasts. Um, is there any similar yellow book like this before that? In Malaysia, um, as you know? In Malaysia, actually, there they have been mapping projects. So like people who have dotted on Google, like my maps, places where um, arts and cultural activity may happen. Mm. Um, so that was done by Yap Salbin, who is an um, artist. He's teaching at MMU. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then Chandana recently came up with a series of maps 
per discipline performance arts visual arts as well as independent music mm. to kind of describe where are the places of education performance venues and uh, collectives and depending on the discipline there are many different categories as well um there's also another website called eccentrica founded by two journalists um that lists down a bunch of practitioners uh, mm. cultural practitioners um that's about it they do they make a whole list yeah and then yeah. you did mention in the a plus also you categorize like 15 right if no mistaken one five so they now are 14. like for 14 is it now 14 now 14. <laughs> <But> yeah <laughs> once 15 okay it's always so, changing yeah and then the 14 you have like graphic design and then performance art and then it's, it's, it's I, I think that's that's how you categorize it in by by the um the practice model but I found out that there is another thing and maybe that's also part of your plan where I'm also curious on looking at business model in, in terms of how these collective or creatives make money. That's very important because it's, it talks about the sustainability of these uh, collectives or small practices because here they are not co corporate, right? You talk about like uh, not big corporate, but at least they run a business. So is that will, will that be part of the research or... For now, you try to get as much as you can first. Then after that, we, you you plan to do a publication like um, other ways of doing architecture, like 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 spatial agency. <laughs> well, so there's actually three of us within this project. There's Husna, Kaidil, Ali, Alasri, and then there's me. Um, so Husna is the one who does the website, hmm. and um, she kind of writes all the copies or compiles the copies. Some of us we. Me, me and Ali also helped and write, wrote together. Um, and then there will be the report, much quite perhaps maybe in a different way compared to spatial agency, the whole book. But the, um, but yeah, report. And then there, there'll be also a toolkit, which um, mm. compiles like ways of kind of writing down your business model or framing it, as well as the programming part. But um, yeah. Mm. So that's, that's where you can find about the business model if you want to go look for it. Huh? Right. So it's much more on inventory rather than come out with... Um, well, I mean, it's, it's like a yellow page. Like you, you, don't, you, don't, you don't want to appear to be biased into a certain party. It's come out in the end after you search uh, the, the whole creative house and then <laughs> at the end of the button it says, talk to me, Clarissa, Lim, and whatsoever. I can help you to do a certain business. I don't think that's the direction you wanted to go for. No, no, no the toolkit will help you with that. If you ever want to frame your business model, it will give you a kind of a worksheet or something to kind of go through all of these lists that you kind of need to begin mm. a creative hub. So should I say the toolkit is rather like a mentorship, quote unquote. So for any new business who wanted to, you know, come up with the creative, because what you list, listed here, they are already established, right? They are existing, um, perhaps yeah. for, after like for some years. But what, what if like, okay, let's say XYZ wanted to be one of the creative hub and then I will go to the toolkit and, and say, oh, I, I need some mentorship. I need some advice. Is that, is that... It's, it's, a, it's a booklet where you can go through. Right. Mentorship infers in a human, right? No, it's not. It's no one else. <laughs> okay. It's a booklet where you can go through all the workshops and exercises in order to kind of develop your own, what is like your mission, what's your goal, and then what kind of activities you want to do, how do you want to present all the programming, because mm. the art of programming is also very difficult to kind of situate. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. do you mind if I ask, like, what's the next step? I mean, apart from getting more, uh, know more, and expand the circle, and then the the next step is, are are you planning to do? I mean, public publication maybe is not not really the key point here, but do you plan to collaborate with other parties to get more circle? I think at some point, this uh mapping idea of mapping is very important as well. You never know that another branch will open up another more and more. So I, I really like this. I, I saw house coaching as well. It's like you open a new branch and then you, who knows that house coaching has another friend also doing and then you will start to collect and collect. Um, how do you go through these um, candidates, I would say, like Wendy, right? Wendy Teo from Borneo Laboratory. Do you go through like interviews to understand what are they doing or you refer to their website and talk to them like, oh, why don't you add into this inventory? I think that our research process is quite, uh, it's called the snowball effect. Once you know one yeah. practitioner or one collective, then perhaps it would open doors to many others. Most of the time, they are gatekeepers to kind of larger kind of practices or smaller practices rather, but a larger body of individuals who do have that knowledge. Um, but mostly it began because of the cohort that British Council already identified. They have about mm. 30 hubs or 20 hubs, something like that, who are already part of their program. The program is actually larger than just this website. Mm. It's like several years and they do like kind of like leadership training mm. or kind of finance training, some other grant writing training, so various other forms of training. So um, that's how we learn about the, f- the first or how do you say, uh, the first few people who are participating within mm. this idea mm. of the creative hub. Mm. And then we would interview those who possibly have further information or those who are not clear. I think we've done about, about 30 or 40, maybe even 50 interviews, many interviews. And then um, and then we ask about like their, their motivations, how, what are they doing? And if they know any other people within this practice. Mm. So yeah, mm. that's our process. Huh? Very interesting. I mean, do you see any chance to work with Bao? I mean, Bao is much more architectural, right? <laughs> I mean, of course you, you are working closely with Join as well on PPP, is it? Later on we can talk about it. Uh, for Bao, uh, Bao architecture, outlet. no, Bao is, out, yeah, beyond architecture outlet actually is actually looking at practices who are beyond I, I see I mean like a part a lot of it also came out of my experience building this particular body of of um, of a database hmm. I think for Bao we're more interested in activating um, collaborations between all of the different parties hmm. or possible possible kind of um, programs or exhibitions or whatnot on the digital space. So I guess that is part of it. It's not necessarily bounded by this idea of Mm. what architecture is, but actually practices or people who are interested in spatial ideas. Mm. Yeah, because I thought since both both you and Join kind of working in the same direction, but doesn't mean they have to cross, forcing to to cross (laughs) at a certain point. But um, because since he's also expanding the network, I believe that you and Joanne sort of found out that, hey, you know, Borneo Lab, for example, also, hey, somehow it's collides, you know, uh, talking about architects, you know, like Wendy somehow is at the middle. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you found out that, okay, there could be uh, so-called other ways of doing architecture. Uh, oh, yeah, speaking of Wendy, 
Uh, my bow, th no, well, not my bow. My double hold thing might be also going to Wendy's space. Oh, that's nice. To run some workshops. I think, so I think. we'll see lah. But yeah, working all together and collaborating is important mm. for mm. my practice. Mm. Okay, that's that's really cool. And uh, I think in the end, it's not limited to architecture. I would say it's the art collective is in Malaysia is very small in the end, right? I mean, we will bump into each other. <laughs> um, next one, inventory, I think is a very interesting project because it's more on focusing on writings as well because you submitted a few pro uh, writings on Paprika and then I really like the, the, the writing you submitted. It's called Color. And um, at some point, it's quite political, but not really in a hard way, but political in a rather analytical uh perspective you talk about colors like black color and then you talk about yellow and then blue <laughs> those are quite political in, in in hong kong but then you look at it in a, a artistic or architectural point of view and how colors manifested in in, in a riot or demonstration that's very interesting i think we, I, I mean we, we we won't go through the whole process but you can visit the inventory website um, but what catches my eye the most is actually this project called Deconstructing the Discourse of Buying. Um, Edwin, why don't you talk about it? Because I think before that, we had a little chat and you think this project is very interesting. And, and I thought it's very interesting as well because it talks about this idea of transaction and shopping, right? Um, yeah, and, and I would like to add on a very short quote talking about objects. Uh, Bruno Latour was talking about when humans accuse people of treating humans like an object, they are thoroughly unaware that they are treating objects unfairly. <laughs> I think that's very interesting. I think why don't we see objects also something very uh, important also. Um, yeah, Edwin. Yeah, I, I kind of like read just now like <laughs> about this article and stuff. <laughs> I was just reading through. But yeah, it really reminded, reminded me of like... Um, when like like you said object right and then uh the notion of like you know when when you have like these shopping malls and just how you mentioned about how things are being built just to like uh, earn money and stuff like that instead of uh, uh what what it should uh, be just now but then like um you know like how 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 the thing that the, the reason of buying has kind of changed like between uh you have a two different settings right in this uh, article like one's like the, the the shopping mall and the other one's like grounded like these things then like, I find it very interesting where where the where, where the situation uh allows like uh, whether or not if this object has given as much value or uh meaning towards it. And it kind of reminds me of the what that day. Uh, I mean, like, there was one time that Huang Ling actually gave us a lecture on Mingye. <laughs> like mm, mm. it goes back to like the meaning of an object mm. um, towards a people uh, to to to. It's like a very personal thing, so it can be like a like you know very use like like a use use books you know those things, and then you like you kind of exchange it, and that's where you can actually like have you you you're sharing uh the content and you're sharing uh certain things of who you are, so like that's where you're born and stuff like that. And I I don't know I just like mind of all these things, and then like uh whenever it comes to like uh shopping malls and all these things, right? Then like people starts to just um how's it buy more or they just spam without uh having any thoughts to it so they're just like oh i just want this i just want that and then and after that, when you're done with that you just like kind of discard it and like oh you don't thought about it anymore very in very in terms of all these things right you have something but you you, you keep on reusing and reusing so that's like 
as it as it as it grows older, right? There's like more history being built upon it. And then like let's say like the used books, right? It, it starts to grow like uh it becomes more brown and like all these things are so like all these little little details that gives it more meaning that, that it should be. Uh, yeah, and then after that, I, I was like, I was like, kind of wondering, like, you know, when you have this sort of shops going on around, and you have like online digital buying, all these things is uh, going on around as well. Like that kind of stuff. I'm not sure if, uh, like how how does it relate to this? You know, like what 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 can online like um bring to to do this? Maybe. <laughs> no, that's a really good question, Edwin. I think that recently I was actually listening to New Narrative. I don't know if you guys know that platform. It's like a critical journalist journalism website. And they were introducing about this, um, this, this kind of initiative called WARES, but W-A-R-E-S, like mm. WARES. Mm. <laughs> not where, like mana, not that. And the other one. <laughs> like objects um, and it's and what they were doing was really interesting they were using digital platforms like just a very simple google sheets page to kind of identify where people needed help and where people what can people offer mm, so mm. they were they were running this idea of mutual aid and like mutual care mm. and um, the fact that we have to live together so why not like address the fact that we live together it's founded on this idea of conviviality um, so, so what they did was like, they put this kind of, um, spreadsheet and then it was modded by a few people on Telegram. And then they kind of create this, this, um, space within, um, soft stud walls. I think that's what it's called. This like mm. art space in, um, in Singapore. And there is like the exchange point where they kind of collect all these things that people don't need and then like this redistribute it and reconfigure it to people who need actually those objects, especially during this time in COVID-19. Mm. So I found their works to be, so that's how they kind of configure or hack the internet to allow this um, space of care to also permeate much like what Irene in um, Hongke is doing and um, Home as Space, the one that I wrote about. Hmm. in this particular place they're they're all kind of thinking about the same ideas there is another um project also um sort of branch like a sub branch from inventory uh it's called a goods lock is that related to this as the uh continuation right yeah so a goods lock is our main project of inventory i'm working with another um a friend in hong kong vanessa and um, so a goods log is um, a kind of like a body of research that we've been doing and posting on Instagram, but hopefully can become like drawings or, or even videos, kind mm. of collecting these people who, who are doing the work. Yeah. For example, the home space is doing. So home space is one of our major case studies for a goods log. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because I, I noticed on the a good a good slog Instagram also you publish a few videos, uh, especially interviews. Uh, very interesting to get this kind of uh, first first perspective um, narrative from the merchant, I would say, or the people mm. who run the business, and and it's very interesting not just talking about what they are selling or what they are doing, 
also their reflection on maybe social or political behavior that uh, in fact uh, impact their business as well like um, this is closely related I think Edwin was talking about consumerism and also customer behavior um, that's that's very interesting to talk about and in fact we don't talk about it and and, and we, we somehow ignore the fact that space is is, is definitely one of the um, uh, factor or or even a reason where you know make the whole experience of um, transaction to make it more interesting like what is the difference when you visit this store and another store um, the 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 process of buying a certain things could be so different because one perhaps prefer prefer cash one would prefer cashless or i don't know that that could be one thing um is that is there something related to um to settle hashtag to settle and tracing the home because i somehow found <laughs> there is a common point where you visited like shop houses right i i don't think they are two same projects but do you see any mutual point mm. Think that a good stock is founded on three principles to transact or rather three actions mm. to transact to archive and to collect mm. and thinking about practices who which are really interested in objects and object histories that are connected to their spaces right mm. so um so it's about not rather that space comes first but the objects comes first mm. but thinking about um, tracing the home. I haven't thought about this research project in a long time. Thank you, PNT Scholarship, for giving me money mm. to go back home. And, yeah. <laughs> and um, I think this particular project was um, spurred on by the other way around. But actually, just thinking about the communities that are surrounding all these built environments, especially in the context of um, Penang in Kuala Lumpur. Hmm. Don't quite remember what I wrote about, but just thinking about that. <laughs> it's, simply. It's, yeah. It's more of blog. Like when I was reading the sensorial nostalgia, it's more like a blog where you mention like all your your family members or even if no mistaken and then you recorded down saying oh so, uh, there is a certain stories when you visit a certain building. <laughs> um, and then you visited yeah. like Charleston uh, Market and then you also add in a little bit of your personal journey into it so it becomes like a typical house become a home that's where i think the trans the the, the, the shift is very interesting as well um yeah i think that's very interesting as well and then you did mention um i think it's the same project and then you did mention that migratory and ever moving community from the south of china so it's also somehow dating back this idea of roots um, you know, to talk about oh where our ancestor came from and uh, this sort of uh, it's like a rooting and also tracing. Um, that's very interesting as well. I but 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 is that is that something similar like for example like Hong Kong also you know back then the Chinese community also they they came from China, um, but in Malaysia also it's kind of a similar thing, right? <laughs> yes, but be careful. <laughs> okay. Okay, yeah, I yeah, but, but I mean that, the origin, um, I mean, ge geographical origin, I mean, yeah, not, not really that <laughs> political one. Um, yes, in terms of geography, geography, mm. I think that um, what I was interested in was thinking about identity and 
in relationship with like geographical or larger transnational movements that would take place. So that kind of spurred on the idea for Trace the Home, like this idea that we are here in Malaysia, but then we're ethnically Chinese. And then there's this like constant yearning for quote unquote home. Mm -hmm. And what does that even mean when we actually our home should be situated here and mm. you should be comfortable with it. But then it seems like there's this level of discomfort that comes with addressing that mm. or the fact that we constantly other ourselves. Um, so it's about challenging that notion, uh, but through more fun things <laughs> rather than thinking about it through a political lens. Mm -hmm. But um, me coming from a position of um, growing up in Hong Kong, I actually lived in Beijing for a while as well. And um, so, yeah, the, like growing up between many different places and then where does home actually lie? I think that particular, this particular project really helped think through all these thoughts that I was having. Um, and I think that goes back to this idea of what does Chinese or Han Chinese even mean? Mm, mm. I draw parallels with that with this idea of whiteness even. <laughs> like what does white being white even mean? <laughs> and right. I think it's better to not think about it through identity politics, but thinking mm. about like our collective living experience, the fact that we have to work. Yeah. What does labor mean? Um, yeah, what does living comfortably mean for everyone? So just thinking about that collectively, it's more helpful. Lah. So that yeah, project was I a working process. Yeah, okay. I think I think it's all more on the anthropological and also sociological side. It's not really on the political, I would say. I mean, of course, it's somehow intertwined at some point. You can't escape from it. Um, there is there is a certain influence from various um, various parties that are pulling here and there. Um, you you speaking you you were talking about this idea of home is very interesting as well. And then after that, I found out that your your blog is called Arch Archi Arch Archive, so architecture, archive kind of thing, right? Um, so you documented a few um, Vienna uh, social housing, and I thought there must be a certain linkage to this. Um, this is a project that I found from issue. Um, I believe this is from your degree works, and then at some point mapping out back to this your M Arc works. So it was talking about housing social housing uh, community and you did throw a uh, three keywords i think it's very interesting that you mentioned in um concrete matter so you were talking about community commune and uh, collective right so these three the c c words <laughs> and it's very interesting that you 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 bring it back together and to because this is all like a very um analogical term on talking about house because you haven't really translated about home yet because home is rather personal where you add in your own taste uh and then this project is called housing development or something sorry if i'm not mistaken and then it's very interesting that you 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 and your friends went in there and then do some minor renovation right to test actually out actually it's for my work with right. the urban ecology design lab so this was actually part of my job in hong kong university of hong kong but I was just documenting and project managing afterwards. I didn't construct it. Mm. So tell us about this project. Do you see, I mean, of course, jo, I mean, we, Joanne and Yvonne, we are in also trying to come up with this uh, co-living or 
um, idea of new new type of living. I'm only, I mean, it's not really new, but it's just that it's not normalized yet. Um, so, so do you see this to be practice or a prototype in Malaysia in, in this context? Because in this sense, we are not talking about like micro house like Teta Wawe did, right? It's a, it's a ground up built construction. This is rather in the apartment. Um, for this project specifically, yeah. I think that um, uh, for this one is actually a homeless shelter for male homeless people run by Soko Society for Community, I think. That, that is an NGO. So we collaborated with the NGO Soko and then and they are the um, social workers to kind of think about to mediate between the people who are actually living within these um, units that we were constructing. So um, our position comes in as a designer and an architect to kind of mediate that design brief and also work closely with the social workers to solve this idea of homelessness. Mm. Um, and obviously this idea in between that and housing for the youth is very far away because um, this idea of um, this idea of domestic spaces and communities and communes and all that, I think that requires much more finesse and much more further thought before mm. we just simply say we can all apply mm. this everywhere. So, yeah, I think, but then what is interesting about this project is that it is an in-between space. It mm. was bought by a developer, a large developer in Hong Kong. They don't have enough money to redevelop it because mm. development projects usually are slated in three or so years, you know, mm -hmm. there's like a long, long timeline bet between buying and developing. And why not use this space, this in-between space to kind of house these people who are within transition as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah. yeah. So I can see definitely the direction is different because like you say, housing for youth Correct. is different. I mean, for homeless, they try to meet the basic need first. I, uh, and then later on, how to how to enrich their living quality is definitely the next phase. Um, but for, for youth, it's kind of different because they sort of have a choice, right? For homeless, they don't really have a choice kind of thing. Um, so perhaps that the, the, the trajectory will be kind of different. Um, I think, is there, is, is there any particular interest why you are so into house and homes? Is it because of, you know, I mean, housing price or real estate... Uh, in, in Hong Kong, it's always been a big deal, right? I mean, a lot of people can't afford to buy a property or even a, a condominium unit is extremely expensive and quite small sometimes. Yeah. So is that part of the inspiration where you wanted to look into it? I think that um, all these projects that you laid out here, it spans like three or four years of my life. So yeah. it's it's been present as an issue. I mean, we cannot stray away from this idea of living mm. and collective living and things like that. I think when I was in Vienna, looking at social housing or collective housing that have spanned between the 70s and 60s all the way to the early 2000s mm. in terms of their, their, um, their built times and when they were built, um, at that point, I was really interested in this idea of co-living. Um, like, what does that mean? How can you um, organize around it? Because actually, the agency of built architecture is so little. Actually, mm. it's the idea of the software and the financing and the organizing that goes behind it to 
finally collectively purchase this block of land or plot of land and build together is that action takes so much more work than the actual stuff of building and then i found that oh we're just very little mm. and then <laughs> in terms of the 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 what we can do as designers and architects so actually i was really interested in the software or the space of action as mm. Hannah Arendt would probably put it and where can we kind of like work together and find a space for collectively thinking about political ideas together and whatnot and um and finding our agency so i think that spurred on that trajectory of thought and then that went and then before that is when i was in um when you showed that kind of mass housing possible um, mass housing work for my year three i think my this my final year project and i think that one was um actually thinking about the stuff of architecture actually like what can we do when we have this plot of land a little bit quite like the exercise by Lakaton Vazar right where mm. you can create the mass mass customization the maximum amount of types of units with like the minimum amount of action or with the with this kind of fixed form of land or plot of land like what kind of units you can create and what are the different sizes and thus catering to uh, larger mass audience so mm. it's like more or like thinking about housing to revolutionize or democratize this this idea of living that there are many different ways of living because we mm. have lived in hong kong in um all these houses that are copy pasted mm. Mm. but by by means of that like uh, copy and paste or mass manufacturing issue i mean on the ideal side definitely we hope that the housing price will be cheaper, right? Because it's mass produced. But then it doesn't happen in this way because they're influenced by so many political and cultural behaviors that uh, it's no longer cheap. It's, uh, because the, 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 the problem yeah. is that it's always go up but never go down, the, the housing yes. price and stuff. Yeah. So, but, but in speaking of the... Sorry, you want to add on something? Um, I guess I was interested in unpacking the three terms, community, commune, and collective a little bit more. Yeah. With, um, because that actually came out from one of my seminars, like what you guys call electives. Um, so I had a seminar with this title, and I thought it was really interesting that we are trying to unpack and think about how people have collectively lived together. Mm. So throughout that course, we were looking at what this idea of commune is, which is like, people coming together and figuring out rules to live together and living in this like kind of isolated space most yeah. of the time. And, um, and I think that kind of framed, and then, yeah, thinking about collective and what does community mean? And we were looking at all these different kinds of terminologies, reading anything from your quote of Latour <laughs> to, to even, well, not particularly that quote, but then like this idea of mm. Latour to our rent, to all that. And um, I guess that well, came back to me participating in that housing youth group. Because mm, mm. I was really interested in the software rather than the hardware, quote unquote. Um, hardware being the built environment, software right. being how we organize amongst ourselves. Yeah. And also the, the, the rules to how to leave a house like... Uh, you can do this, you cannot do this, it's very interesting as well. It's like, uh, if not mistaken, I'm, there is this, uh, 
uh, an arch- interior designer or architect. His, his name is called, called Gary. And then uh, he designed like the shelf can be here and then the furniture can go up and there. That one is software, right? It's not really the half ha- hardware, I would say. I would call that hardware, actually. You I would say software is like the rules and regulations that we come up between people together. That's yeah. Gary from Edge, right? Edge I can't Architecture remember, but in Hong bot, Kong. Bot guy, yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. A lot of a lot of people from outside of Hong Kong really like that particular project, mm. but it's quite novel, lah. Like movable, flexible. Yeah. I think the choice of where to be flexible is the software. The hardware is the actual material stuff of mm. Mm. like how he constructed all the different joints and moving mm. all these shelves, and yeah, the tiny home phase, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves that. Yeah, I think that's. Very clever. I think in this sense, the software is how we live, and then uh, the hardware is how we. Uh, one is how we live, and also why we live, kind of thing. So it's somehow adjust how, um, the way we're seeing things. Um, so perhaps the last part we are going to talk about animated cityscapes. Um, I would see it as your hobby in a way. It's like something you do it for fun. <laughs> Because it's like a lot of poster, and I thought it's very interesting. Uh, it's like a hobby. You don't take it. I mean, of course, you take it seriously, but it's just then not as serious as a research, but rather as the speculation. I would say, right? So you 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 explore in uh, anime <laughs> and poster and uh, various graphic and also colors. Um, would you like to tell us about this? I think it's very interesting. Why did you do this? Huh? I mean, like, <laughs> is there any of your, your personal interest into Japanese comic or cartoon culture? Um, actually, for one of, the, one of the posters you put here, it's actually um, the, a movie club that I came up with a bunch of friends and I was mm. still living in Hong Kong. And we would watch animated series together. But this blog was a precursor to my thesis oh, in actuality. Right. And my thesis was kind of unpacking this idea. I mean, it goes back to home and how do we map homes and how do we map the, uh, um, our constructed ideas of our world. Because actually, when I was digging deep into what Ghost in the Shell was really made up mm. of, was, mm. was actually this... The, 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 from the director's perspective, this idea of Hong Kong, but then set in like this faraway future, but then juxtaposed with his kind of cultural um, framework mm. of what Japan is mm. and how to kind of reinterpret spaces that way. So I was thinking about these fictional landscapes and what they might mean and um, thinking a little bit about Pascal Schoening. Pascal Schoening is a he used to teach at the AEA mm. and he was thinking about cinematic architecture and mm. how can filmmaking and films can also create space and create ideas about architecture. Mm. And then after that layer, so that was like my, my part one, if we want to look at it in the framework of Malaysian architectural education, like my research. Mm. <laughs> but I was just collecting all of it. And then, and it's also for fun. And I really like the, the second image that you show here actually is like from Antarctica. Yeah. Um, and it's like all these lost spaces because of our way of mapping. Yeah. If we think about it in this framework of like, you know, Benedict Anderson's maps, census and museums, like the way that we construct maps, there's a lot of data lost about the landscape. Right. Like where does the world, where does the like kind of, infrastructural wall of highways begin to rise and end. I mean, when the way that we use ways is really inconvenient and also really misleading because 
from one junction, you can go like three different places and it will take you to different parts of Kuala Lumpur, for example. Yeah, yeah. Just because like you don't know which highway to take. Is it up or down or sideways or whatnot? Yeah. I mean, these are like the fictions that we kind of forget or do. Like the fictions cast down on our landscapes because of the way that we map. Mm. And we haven't like shifted away from that method of mapping. And then I guess that led on to the way I was thinking about my thesis, which is like, why not find another way of how we can draw or map our um, kind of like um, landscapes of wherever you want to look at, which is for at least in my case was this colonial space, the space where the British first landed, one of the first spaces that the British first landed in the context of Hong Kong Island. Yeah. Uh, it was behind my university. So I was looking at that. So this so much like what's happening with Antarctica, where there's these false ideas of where the edge of the coastline starts or ends. Yeah. Um, the way we map also infers a lot of that. Mm. <laughs> a lot of false ideas or fictions. Well, I think um, if we can, I mean, the, the second Antarctica um, image will be provide another new layers of understanding as well. If let's say we can see a certain building was built in a certain years and after that demolished, right? Uh, and then uh, the, the caption for that particular photo, and I remember it quite well because it's very well said. It says, we, we, we document the things that is, we usually document the things that is there, but what about the things that is lost, right? And then it's, I think in this case, it's something, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure, perhaps it's something related to climate change, talking about the ice melting or I, sort of thing, right? Um, but I wonder like if this uh ideology when it applies into real things like highways that you mentioned, when it's get built and then you can see its rise from a ground plan plain ground to a highway and then how highway been used later on. Um that's quite interesting as well. I mean like there are there's a cyclic uh process that you can see and then perhaps after that the highway will torn down and into something else but of course that one it takes a long time like maybe 30 years <laughs> um sorry edwin do you have any thoughts before we end this and uh later on we can talk a little bit about pbp um uh edwin because i know that you play games and i thought there's there's a certain linkage between scenography and actions perhaps you wanted to share a little bit of that uh <laughs> Okay. Um. Actually. Uh. Yeah. This is this is very interesting. The way. Uh. You, you can. Uh. Convey your idea through different uh, mediums, right? Actually. Uh, we also like uh, learning that in our semi semester, we're doing like cinematic architecture. Mm. But yeah. Um. I feel like there's. Uh. And I also like kind of did a study on. Uh, not about study, but I'm always like very interested in this kind of cinematic things, right? So I always like look into theories and stuff, like why people actually feel so much when you're watching something, you know, like what what is the what is the connection being made, and why do people actually like uh, how how they can relate and how they can actually like the world and stuff like that, right? So like, um, um, I always been interested in cinematic, <laughs> so it's like it's a very interesting a lot of things to think about and how are uh, you so-called design the whole film to actually convey the message effectively. Uh, and when you do that correctly, right, and then like if the people in the audience can relate it very well, then that's where you that's where you actually like kind of, you know, very, you did very good in the lives. Because there's impacts there, right? 
And yeah, when I, when I was like looking into things like how um, back then, actually I was looking into like the why I'm collecting things in my previous project, right? Mm. Like why why people watch it and why they 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 kind of like change towards the modern film and all these things, right? So I was like, you know, taking a look at all these um, <laughs> the reasons, you know, what 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 is the limitation of why I'm collecting and why people uh, change to this fast-paced uh, cinematic. And what are they doing, you know, to to to, to evolve this kind of why and collate to become uh their own digital uh you know animation or this thing, even though they like kind of discard a few few identity of what why and collate mm-hmm. is, but it's like uh I don't know, there's a lot of like subtlety uh, in within cinematic that people can catch up very fast. Uh that's what makes them uh, relate to a certain piece like a lot. And not only like subtlety on what's going on like around spaces, but also within the characters, their expression, their body language, all these things. So when there's like a film for me, like if, if, if a film for me is like too much exposition is boring. Mm. There's a lot of like a uh, film that does that. And when uh, a lot of film that really focus on the narrative and the subtlety of what, what, what people is and what the spaces is, that, that really makes like what we can catch very fast and mm. make us very relate to it, good. The, the, the content that any director is trying to, to convey. Mm. So it's like a very interesting uh, way to approach this. And I've been trying, I mean, I, I've been uh, uh, myself like look, uh, looking forward to start any of these things, you know. <laughs> mm. I think at some point it's very interesting because it's not a built project. It's not like built architecture, but the more it is not architecture, it is more obvious as an architecture. Uh, and then I, I really like like uh, Studio Ghibli's works right even though it's a it's a virtual thing it's a it's a graphic it's an animation but at some point it tells us more about architecture so that the 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 artificial the more artificial it is the more realistic it is to tells you like what is the real architecture it's a, there's a, this counterpoint that very interesting um, to bring in this kind of uh, contrast that allows you to appreciate in a way to understand like the real architecture what it looks like and the environment um, they are equally important I would say uh, um, sorry Edwin I, I wanted to come back like do you have any questions like coming back to inventory or tracing home um, I believe tracing home perhaps might be uh, a little bit intimate for you as well because you have been I mean we both living in Malaysia for quite a while. I wa- I'm not sure what do you think of uh, Clarissa's project or anything you would like to add on or ask Clarissa? Oh, I-, I was actually kind of interested like that just now when you have that fine discourse and the the tracing home thing, right? Like the difference between um, how you call it commercial and home, right? Like I find it one thing that's interesting that like, there's a difference in which uh, there's a bond or community community bond like be- between the customers and the seller, you know, like mm. within their own shop houses. So like in a way, right, their lifestyle, their personal lifestyle and their identity, right? I mean like what makes them them kind of bleeds through into this uh what they're selling and it goes through to, to the customer. I don't know, it's like feel quite interested, like I mean like quite interesting like, like that's not that's not what happens in commercial shopping malls. Like in commercial shopping malls, like when you buy stuff, right? The people normally that work there is just like they're just workers, like they're just working there. It's not mm. there's not there's nothing about them that you're knowing. So like uh I don't know, it's like finding it very interesting like how how the customers and sellers actually get to 
you know, in a way, get a glimpse of each other's lifestyle. Mm, you know, mm, going to the shops and stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, and, and I guess like you know, the, I, I was talking to Gary about this like before we started this, right? Like how all these uh, so-called simple, simple things that a lot of us are overlooking. Uh, is, I mean, like it's part of their lifestyle, right? A lot of the things that their behavior and their lifestyle and what they do and what they normally like. Uh, uh, it's like kind of overlooked like when it comes to architectural design in Malaysia, right? A lot of I don't know, like from what I see, like, a lot of people that like, they don't they don't they don't pick up on these points and then they just straight away try to propose something that is like very um <laughs> shocks and you know, like very commercial. And mm. I feel like a lot of these commercial things like trying it's like kind of takes away from this um um this uh values lah. I mean, like for example, like I think that's like one thing Kawarismi has like uh, did a competition on this thing, a competition called like KL chair, right? Everyone's like proposing these extravagant ca- uh, chairs, like and I don't know different different uh chairs, lah. But then like I think Kawar was he did something very interesting that he just proposed the staircase as the KL chair itself mm-hmm. because in KL everyone sits on the staircase, like any steps you might just sit, and that's like very nice because he picked up on this simple value that the behavior that people done, and he kind of like celebrate it, lah, and this is who we are as uh, and it's not and it's not like very commercial it's like this is very street style and like, this is just our lifestyle and a lot of people i mean i, I don't know but in Malaysia, i feel like there's a lot of people that's not picking out on this and just doing all these commercial things like that hmm. if you didn't want the competition someone else is going to competition <laughs> but yeah i think like a very interesting thing that like, that people are not picking up nowadays hmm. i don't know what you think about that <laughs> me yeah, I mean, like, I'm just, like, saying all this, but I'm not sure. I mean, like, I think it's always important to map the existing before we really build on top of the land that we've mm. already constructed. Mm. I mean, we've already kind of, like, tarnished nature's ground and, like, um, poured concrete to flatten it and all that, broken our... To, to distinguish what is kind of livable space or usable space for the human body versus um, nature. So with that responsibility, we should take it more seriously. Mm. So what you say, we're saying about like the, the action that one would do with the staircase and like to celebrate existing kind of modes of sitting, why not continue that sort of practice because we already consume so much. Mm. Uh, speaking, I, I just wanted to add on what Edwin uh, mentioned is very interesting as well. Um, talking about these stories of transaction, like in Amazon, we just click and then add to bucket and then we check out and then you got it next day, right? Um, but it's very different in shop house. You might stay there, talk to the auntie, uh, talk about story, gossip a little bit. Um, in a good lock, um, how do you find the people you want to interview? Uh, is it something related to like family business or even your personal like say oh this is the downstairs I have been buying like certain soy sauce or grocery from his store <laughs> so I thought to interview and then I thought to find a certain uh, um, story but 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 a good good slot is not like a you no know, it's talk, talking about typical grocery shop but rather on creative mm-hmm. like like uh, artworks or crafts right um, a good talk is founded on the fact that these people are collecting all of these objects and like they find some sort of value when they were collecting all of them and of course some of them do sell them so it's a, a cycle of transaction where they kind of like tap into um, either like vintage or older kind of goods that have been existing within our 
our lands or have been made already and they either like change it or put them together and or like kind of find the history behind it so for example one of them uh, but I think they're gonna close soon sunset in Pengzhou which is like an island in Hong Kong mm. um, outlying island and uh, what they do is they they during their travels they look for things which are made in Hong Kong mm. and then bring them back to Hong Kong it's almost like an act of like homecoming for mm. the object mm. and I found that to be really novel because actually it not only is this act of homecoming, but also like attaches itself to the to the history of light manufacturing within the context of Hong Kong that has happened before the boom of manufacturing in in, in mainland China. Mm. Like you know, the rubber duck was famously mm-hmm. constructed and built in Hong Kong. Mm. In Hong Kong, so it also has a further kind of story, much like what Edwin was talking about. That. Um, with that kind of knowledge, he also kind of tells the customers he gives or sells these objects to that, oh, he found it in like India, like these tiny kind of post stamp like images of Hong Kong. It's like a picture of Hong Kong, but yeah. it was found in India. And then like kind of tracing that history back, like how did it end up there? Why mm. is it back? Why, why is it so important that someone from India wanted to, to purchase them? Most likely it's a souvenir. Mm. So like... Interesting. Like yeah, I, 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 don't recall. I mean, I believe that someone did it in, um, Malaysia, but they are focusing on Kedah Runjit. So they focus on the out, the out, uh, the layout, of certain Kedah Runjit, and then it's kind of different. I mean, even though I mean for for Indian Kedah Runjit and Chinese Kedah Runjit, you can see difference there, you know. But even though they are selling pretty much the same thing, um, uh, very interesting. Also, I think that's pretty much. I think. Kedai Runjit, it sounds like a, a, sun, a, a, a very, it's a, a sunset business, I would say. I mean, even though still some people running it, but uh, young people seems, doesn't seem to be willing to take over it and then uh, can't, can't really see it. Lah. Um, they prefer to globalize it and stuff. Okay, um, last part, I would like to ask Clarissa to talk about Praxis Practice Pedagogy. Um, it's a very new platform. I'm not sure what they are doing, and I also don't know who's runs, <laughs> who runs the the platform. I believe Clarissa is one of the the people who are actually running it, right? Would you like to tell us about this? Uh, I think it's very new, and then recently only released the three posts. Um, yeah, would you like to talk about it? I mean, the recent one I know is a PPP host a cine uh, 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 movie. Uh, the one on the the Japan movie. Other than that, I kind I think this is very new, right? Yeah. So um, much like what I, because a lot of the work that I do also is about teaching, so I'm really interested in kind of expanding that possibility of what are the different ways of learning and teaching, and then so we are trying to find the different vehicles around it. So hence it's called praxis, practice, and pedagogy. I guess. Uh, it's me and Joan Fu right now, mm. um, which is kind of thinking about, um, yeah, how can we, we haven't thought about what we're going to do, so I'm not going to say much, right, mm. at this mm. stage, mm. but we always watch movies on some Friday nights. <laughs> okay, that's nice. Yeah, I yeah. mean, the, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, discussions afterwards, discussing with people what they thought about it and sharing knowledge about it. And, um, yeah, we're just starting from there right now. Mm, mm, mm. 
so anyone interested feel free to look out for that and I think the first one is very tra- interesting I, I've, I don't remember the the, the the movie the Japan the Japanese movie it's called International House is it or something Global House or something I forgot um, yeah right okay so that's pretty much about it for today and uh, thanks a lot Clarissa and Edwin for a very fruitful discussion I think um, definitely there are a lot of things to talk about I simply talk about the social housing and also um, design um houses is, is is already one part i mean uh, clarissa shared it pretty generously on uh concrete matter um if you want to know more you can check it out on youtube um yeah so that's pretty much about for today's discussion and thanks a lot clarissa for your time and really thank you really pleasant to to, to hear a lot from you i think we can definitely a lot of th- a lot of things to catch up like you said in Seoul and Binale and I, I hope we can see it um, in Me the near too. future <laughs> so anything would like to add on I'm sorry that Clarissa I, I added quite a few questions but I didn't manage to ask them so would you like to add on anything does William have any questions yeah William I don't really have much to add on yeah so if that oh yeah hi William Hello, uh, I oh, very nice um, sharing session. I was quite curious what was the kind of works that you uh, were doing because it yeah I felt like there's, there's a, just a lot of different things. A lot. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then like to, just to see it all together is, is very nice. Um, I I had a question, but I'm trying to retrace my thought. Uh you were talking about this idea of commune and and about establishing rules so that we could live together and that made me think of this idea of setting up or establishing an institution or like not in a very not in a very hard way but but it kind of alludes to that idea of of institution which which allows which then allows for people to to live together it's like a basis um with which you all kind of um agree upon and then that allows for this togetherness but then you know there's also the idea the other strand of thought which is about being an anti-establishment and anti-institutional so how do you position or do you see yourself in that very interesting question thanks a lot (laughs) thank you william for your question um i think that I don't know yet because I haven't practiced it, mm. but I am interested in learning about those I, the different ways of setting up this quote unquote institution, or perhaps rather a better way to say it is like a collective decision or these mechanisms of how to kind of organize um, co-living or co- collective living. I'm really interested to learn about all the different methods. I mean, one of my friends was doing a lot of research about that in um, in the context of the German speaking world, where like you can say like, you there are three different motions that one would do. One would like put their hands on like their chest to be like, okay, I concur with your decision with any kind of like AGM or annual kind of general meeting. Mm. You can say that, no, not I kind of get it or not really get it. So you kind of lift your hand halfway up. And then like, if you do have something you really despise or detest, then you put your hand all the way up or something like that. Like there are three different kind of motions to 
to kind of align the strands of thoughts or any kind of decision making that you have to do and to allow space for conversation. So it's like setting up these rules and practices and also allowing a space of change. So I don't know yet, I don't have an answer. I wanna learn, I wanna practice it, but no one wants to live with me in my communal living space. But I'm, I'm waiting to find the right group of people so we can all grow our commune together. <laughs> but I have been like really interested in ideas of organizing and um, leftist movements and just keeping my ears and eyes open. Hmm. I think it's very interesting also in speaking of commune living, right? You have to pick your own housemate in a way, right? You have to pick an ideal housemate. You don't want to live with someone. I mean, of course, strangers are fine, but it's just that the mentality must be shared. Uh, a common common goal because we are not living in a very typical way of contract, right? We live in a rather like, okay, we, we understand this is a co-living and then there is no such thing that of course there might be a certain like house 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 uh landlord or house lord you have to pay the rental and whatnot right but but, but it's, it's very interesting like like co-living is like um we we see each other almost like uh like a siblings uh not really like a separate uh family or separate nationalities um yeah i'm not i'm not not very sure about that yet uh i it, from what i know it's like it sounds very idealistic but I'm not sure when but it it's been working <laughs> in okay. other countries. And I think what's really uh, fascinating is that um, there's also this idea of mutual aid or shared work and shared mm -hmm. labor, where you like people are given the chance to be responsible of a certain space. It's much like the, the way your co-ops are organized. Co-ops being like the, the supermarket where they collectively own and they have to work there like once every two weeks or once a month yeah. for like an hour because of the shared ownership between everyone. So it's just about finding ways of organizing amongst ourselves. And of course, there would be conflict, but conflict is a good thing. Don't think of conflict as always a bad thing. I don't know why people think it's a negative thing to kind of confront and engage with difficult ideas. Mm -hmm. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, William. Uh, it's a very interesting question also. I think that's also um, another reflection for me to think about when it comes to Queenie's uh, podcast because Queenie's was talking about social housing, uh, participatory housing that's quite debatable in a way. I mean, of course, a debate for good good, good direction, right? Um, Edwin, do you have any thoughts? Uh, thanks a lot for joining. I think it's very interesting to have students. I mean, of course, I'm still student also. Lah. But, but I mean, like young, as young, very young undergrad student, like Edwin, I mean, it's, you think quite maturely as well, but I wonder what's your thought after the whole session of podcast. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I, think it's, I think it's a very interesting session. I mean, like, it's very nice to see through all your projects. Like, it's not like, it's, yeah, like, like William said, I think we all agree here, like, there's so many projects <laughs> that's out there. And, um, yeah, I, I just, like, it's, it's very it's very interesting because like I, I'm also like learning a lot of the things that you're trying to convey a lot of the message that you're you're, you're putting through your projects and I'm just like um you know I'm still I'm just learning from it you know I'm just like looking and just like oh this is very interesting and all these specifics uh yeah I mean like all these specific things like, I mean like that 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 um I kind of, I'm getting reminded of and like you know maybe I should like you know um there's a lot of like con this consideration that is like oh you can you can do I mean like, there's a lot of things to think about next time and I feel like, yeah, I think that that's, that's um, I think, I guess like that's, what, that's what you want as well. So right? like, just like give all this knowledge. And I feel like, um, yeah, this is a very interesting thing. I think a lot of, a lot of people 
should um, you know be be able to uh, get to like you know be exposed a bit mm-hmm. with all this I guess. <laughs> Mm. Thanks a lot, Edwin. Uh, yeah. Thank, thank you, Gary, and thank you, uh, Clarissa, for this. Thank you for this session. <laughs> thank you. Okay. Uh, sorry, Clarissa. I would like to ask another small little request. Do you mind to throw questions instead of advice for young students, or perhaps your students, if you wanted to put it into a very specific context, <laughs> or even oh yeah, you can ask Edwin if you want any questions. Ask a question. Yeah, you can ask any questions. Oh, uh, I never so, thought so that, that we can we can think about it, or maybe you can ask like, what do you think about co living? <laughs> that could be one question. Um, I mean, it's up to you. Um, uh, you can ask for <laughs> three of us if you want, or to our listeners. Yeah, to your listeners. Ooh, this is really sudden. Maybe, um, okay. Give me a moment to have a think about it. Um, I guess what I would like for people to think a little bit more about is um is um I don't know I don't have a particular question but perhaps um a note to think a little bit more about is to how can we live better collectively together. Mm. And what I mean by together is not only just humans, it's also with nature. And what are the ways that we can kind of create life better for everyone collectively, like workers and um, yeah, and thinking mm. about labor more better. And why do you want a full-time job? <laughs> Very interesting. I think that that's also uh, was part of the question I would like to ask because you you're working as a researcher and then you teach as well. You don't fix to a certain schedule like 9 to 6, right? Uh, of course, you at some point, you work at that basis, lah, but it's not like fixed at one place. Um, I think that question also particularly sensitive to current age as well. With internet, I mean, why why should we fix to a certain office and waiting to call for meetings and stuff, right? I think perhaps the young young youth nowadays, they, they don't want to live like nine to six uh in 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 chinese they call nine six six right yeah nine to six six days a week so i mean who who wanted to work that way anymore um but of course different preference lah okay uh thanks a lot clarissa thanks again uh to edwin and also william for staying with us i think it's it has been a very fruitful discussion um we can definitely catch up again of course um in discord we are always open for the various uh, debates or opinions okay so thanks a lot everyone Bye, see you guys.